I'm just going to move us mentally into a slightly different frame because I think we were talking at a very macro level from, in what, from inside the zone of economic discourse. And it was fantastic that both the question of power and conflict and the question of expertise and tools came up um, because those threads will both go through the whole conference at different levels um, of ab abstraction. But I think what we're doing now is moving to what I said at the beginning is, is the start of recharacterizing the practices of the economy from using knowledges from without the space of standard economic discourse, and we're starting with the environment um, and our relationship to the natural world, and we're going to come at those things from that perspective, beginning with Michelle Maloney, who, as you've just met and heard earlier, co-founder, is founder and director of the Australian Earth Laws Alliance. She's also um, uh, works with the Environmental Defenders Office, Queensland, and holds degrees in law and politics from ANU and a PhD in law. And she's my indefatigable co-host of this conference. So thanks, Michelle. Thank you. I don't think I've ever been cheered onto a stage before. I can tell that I'm with good friends. Can I just take a 30-second personal pause? Because there's a number of folks who've been very concerned about me and have been worried and coming up and asking me. I was diagnosed with aggressive breast cancer last year, and I went through the tripart of terror, surgery, five months of chemo, two months of radiation. I crawled out in January and continued five more months of a not-so-horrible not treatment. I am cancer-free. And I, I just want to share that with you because I come from a family with zero, zero, zero history of cancer. So please, people, today, morning tea time, go to the toilets, check your soft parts. It's very, very important. I'm very serious. If we hadn't found that lump, I would have been gone by about November. We found it in May. That's how aggressive it was. So I just want to share that, and I want to use it as a personal story, but also to thank Mother Earth for making sure she invented chemo just in time to save me from what all those nasty corporates have been pumping into the world. So I think it's, I just wanted you to know, because there's a few folk who kind of don't spot me. I used to have a lot of hair and I kind of don't. I keep joking that, I shouldn't say this, I look like Pauline Hanson, man. I've got a Pauline Hanson haircut. It's freaking me out, but anyway. <laughs> it'll grow, I'm told it'll grow, but look. All right, so I'm gonna take my logistics hat off now and I'm gonna talk to you from the place that is deeply passionate for me, which is our work with the Australian Earth Laws Alliance. And I was really pleased when Bronwyn, who designed the themes for the conference, wanted to make sure that ecological issues came first in terms of our plenary sessions. So I'm gonna to talk to you about four fairly simple points. The first is to tell you a bit about Earth jurisprudence. So the Australian Earth Laws Alliance, our mission and work is inspired by a burgeoning theory called Earth Jurisprudence. Now, it basically proposes that industrial society needs to look at all of its underpinning structures, all of the big institutional structures, economics, education, law, and religion, and have a little bit of a think about what our industrial society is doing and how it's thinking about the world, that our culture has gone into a place that sees itself as separate from the natural world, and that's been happening for many hundreds of years. Earth jurisprudence basically advocates for a shift from human-centered law and governance to earth-centered law and governance. And I don't have the time to go into the intricacies of what that looks like. Earth jurisprudence advocates for a range of things, that we shift the way we treat the planet on a daily basis and our structures, that we shift the way we see ourselves, not as separate, but as deeply 
an expression of the earth, we're not just part of it, we're born from it. But it also engages with ideas around power and it challenges us to engage with the ideas of earth democracy. And of course, it always refers back to indigenous societies from our own cultures and other people's cultures because most humans come from a place that in one way or the other was earth-centered. So that's the background for earth jurisprudence. Now, if you take the world from that point of view, the economy is something very, very different to what it's often talked about. And I almost feel like I'm in juxtaposition to the conversation that just happened because it was very much from economists and people who understand the intricacies of what someone like me sees as a deeply, deeply imaginative world. Economics to me, when it's on the news and they talk about GDP and they talk about growth on a finite planet, the whole thing is just a wonderful fantasy. It's just this great big exploration of things people made up. What I'm more interested in are the things that are real, that I can touch and feel, the things I drink, the things I eat, and what I breathe. So for me, Earth jurisprudence can give us three things to think about for the economy. The simple point is that the new economy, the old economy, whatever we want to call it, the way we interact with each other, must focus on nurturing the Earth community, the broader Earth community, which is all of life on Earth. And part of nurturing the Earth community is returning to some kind of understanding that we live within ecological limits. The second point is we have to redefine the good life. We can have it all. We just have to redefine what it is. And I'll come back to that. And then the third thing is by looking at books like The Universe Story by um, Thomas Berry and Brian Swim, we can use our Earth as a guide for the new economy. Mother Earth is the main game, and she sets the parameters, she sets the rules, and it's okay to be disciplined, and it's okay to have limits. We live in a culture that thinks we can take everything and have everything and just fix it with something more, when in fact, one of the reasons the work I do is so unpopular amongst anyone who's interested in new economics is it's not about the toys and the technology and the platforms, it's actually about connecting with the good life and reducing what we want to take from our earth in the first place and finding accidentally that that's really fun and cool and you actually have time to reconnect with the stuff that matters. Now that is the short version of my talk. All I wanted to do was something a bit more practical which was delve into the new economy must equal nurturing the earth community, not just people. I think um, of many things that we can do is if on a daily basis we think, what would a wombat want? You know, what would that parrot in that tree think of GDP? You know, what, what would a kangaroo or a numbat think of what I'm doing with this IKEA furniture? <laughs> I seriously think that if everybody loved animals as much as like a lot of us and thought about them and considered them and were horrified by the kinds of developments that are happening in a horrific fashion, imagine if those developers said, oh my God, we can't put that new Lendlease thing there. There are koalas in that forest. I mean, seriously, you would have a very different space. So to finish off, I just wanted to share these couple of points. I think all of that is lovely. It's all very groovy to have nice big ideas. But from the Australian Earth Laws point of view, we're very interested in how the practicalities work around engaging with degrowth, engaging with steady state, how we work towards reducing demand in society for the stuff and of course that interacts with power and structures and corporations. I'm a lawyer, we grapple with the rights of nature and all those practicalities with the things we're doing. And there's a whole range of shifting away from the large extractive economy base that we have right now, whether that's industrial um, scale everything, like food and uh, production. And so to us, we're starting to play with a really nice little project called Green Prints, 
which is about using bioregional health as the starting point for mapping our ecological health, our ecological limits, working within local bioregional communities to see what beautiful things are in our ecosystems and then to work back from that to design what the new economy should look like. It's a mix of earth democracy, community empowerment, playing with old planning documents and having fun somewhere in the middle. And I'll just then finally end that I think redefining the good life is a critical point in this. We can't just look at fiddling with indicators. We have to start the cultural change that comes, that has to come with people really needing to understand what's important. And what's important is the biodiverse planet that we live on, the air that we breathe, the water we drink, and the good company. That's it. Thank you.